Jessica Libor, and I am an artist, educator, and curator. If you're an artist who wants to create an amazing and fulfilling career in life, this podcast is for you. I'll be sharing inspiration that has worked for me and art world insights and tips. My goal for this podcast is to help you feel in control of your art career and empowered to be the best artist that you can be. Welcome, my friends, to the Inspired Painter podcast. I'm very excited to present to you today an interview with Aidan Kringen, and he is the 2020 winner of the Era Contemporary Artist Prize, which is an annual prize, and you can find out more about it at eracontemporary.com. Um, there's nothing on the website for it right now, but um, in a month or so, we are going to be you know, actively promoting the prize again, but you can just get on the mailing list there if you'd like to know about it and just sign up for the mailing list at ericcontemporary.com and you will be notified as soon as the prize comes um, to pass so that you can submit to that. But I met Aiden a couple of years ago at a fabulous show called Disrupted Realism and that was at Stanick Gallery in Philadelphia. And it was actually a Halloween show, so um, a bunch of people were dressed up. I wore this pink wig and this, like, crazy dress. And, like, there were a bunch of other people who were dressed up, too. My friend went as a cat. (laughs) Um, But it was such a fabulous show and really, really amazing painters in it. And I met Aiden there, as well as many other painters that I admire. And um, we all went out to dinner afterwards, and it was super fun. And um, then I saw Aiden's work when he submitted to the Eric Contemporary Artist Prize, and um, I was the curator for that, and um, I just thought that his work is so strong and so great that I wanted to um, select him as the winner. So he is the winner for 2020, and what that means is the winner gets an interview on the podcast, an article written about them on Medium. Um, under Eric Contemporary, as well as a solo show presented by Eric Contemporary, virtual. And um, what else do they get? They just, uh, they get the title of the winner. Oh, they also get a cash prize. How can I forget? Uh, they also get a cash prize as well. So um, so yeah, Aiden was the recipient of that. And so I'm super happy to do this interview with him. And it's actually a really, really interesting interview both for collectors and for artists, because for collectors, you learn about, you know, his development and how he, you know, created his different styles and the meanings behind some of the symbols in his work and the colors and how he discovered his unique style. And then for artists, I think it's really interesting how he developed his business as well. And we go into different ways that he asserted himself in his career so that people would know him. And we talk about doing art fairs and also putting on your own exhibitions. And that is actually how he started to get represented by galleries. And I have to say, it was the same for me. So um, so it was just very interesting learning about that. And it was a surprise um, to learn that the things that had worked for me also were working for other people. And um, you know, we didn't even know about it. Um, it's like we, we try all these different things and then the things that end up working, 
other people had done trial and error too, and those things ended up working. So I'm here to tell you um, to, to, to try to cut down on that trial and error <laughs> as an artist so you can just go straight for the things that actually work. And um, if you are interested, I do have a training on my website uh, for artists at the Visionary Artist Salon. It's about how to host your own virtual exhibition and make lots of sales doing that. Um, and that's at the Visionary Artist Salon. And I will put that in the show notes in case you wanted to try that. And um, yeah, you can't go wrong with it. It will only do good things for your career. So without further ado, Let's welcome Aiden Kringen to the Inspired Painter podcast. Hello, Aiden. It's nice to see you. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I know um, people have been looking forward to this interview. We've gotten some questions in for you to answer, and I'm super excited to get into it. But before we do, I actually just wanted to... Um, to kind of introduce you. So why don't you in like a couple sentences kind of tell us who you are and where you're from and what kind of work you do? Yeah, so my name is Aiden Kringen. I am from Sonoma County, California. Um, I've grew up there. I've spent most of my life there. I'm married. I have two kids and I've been pursuing art professionally for the past 10 years, mm -hmm. showing with galleries and pushing the idea of and the concepts that I've come up with in my work, uh, I like to think of it as kind of a, a fractalization of the human form and figure. Mm -hmm. And I've been lucky enough to be able to do this every year and continue pushing that vision. And yeah, that's, that's where I'm at now. Amazing, amazing. We're so happy to have you on here. So um, part of the reason that you're on here is you entered the um, Eric Contemporary Artist Prize last year, and um, we selected you as the winner. And so as part of that prize, you get a solo exhibition with Eric Contemporary, which is coming right up. Um, yeah, coming right up in a couple of weeks on March 13th, 2021. So we're having that virtual exhibition for you um, at Eric Contemporary with all new work. And then, uh, and everyone is invited to that, by the way, you're all welcome to get tickets for that, it's free tickets. I'll put a link in the, um, in the show notes as well below, so you can just register right here. And, um, and part of the prize is, it's a cash prize as well as the solo show and an interview on this and an article. So, um, so we're doing this um, and I'm so excited to do it. But I would love to, share my screen for a second and just show people the kind of work that you do because you can definitely describe it but it's 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 so unique that I feel like people actually need to see it so if that's if that's okay I just want to show people a couple of pieces great yeah thank you okay so let me see how I can share my screen here and then while I am sharing this um, I'm going to read a beautiful description that was written about your work. Uh, it's so ethereal, I love it. Okay, so I love this description by Richard Spear. Um, it's called The Prismatic Vision, the artwork of Aidan Kringen. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's so beautiful. So 
Let's see. He says, a kaleidoscopic fantasia, crystalline planes floating in space, nestled together like an immaculate puzzle piece, abstract nebulae, human figures and faces enveloped in swirling fields or particles of energy. These number among the images evoked by the hauntingly enigmatic paintings of artist Aidan Kringen. Within this worldview, a mysterious network of interlocking planes becomes visible to the beholder. Mystical fields of unknown substance revealed as the building blocks of our bodies and semblances, surrounding, cocooning, perhaps even protecting us. It is a vision verging on the mystical, which Kringen portrays through a distinctive style, a fractured cubistic mode of consciousness in which multiple dimensions or perspectives assimilate into an ecstatic whole. The artist deploys his style in opulent and seductive portraits, as well as abstract tableaus whose optical signature is magnified by compositional dynamism and deeply layered surfaces. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, it's a mouthful for sure. Yes. And um, yeah, we're going to just continue scrolling here for a second. But um, I would love to know how you came across Richard Spear. Who is, who is he to you? And um, yeah, how did he come across like creating, creating that um, description for you? Yeah, so I, I used to live in Portland, or I lived there for about a year. And I was, I hosted a show near the end of that year and he actually came out to the show. Um, he was a contact of a friend of mine and he, I got to meet him. I loved hearing him talk about my work more than uh, how I could describe it to him. And uh, he told me he was an art critic or he had been um, writing a lot about certain artists that he loved and he wanted to do a studio visit. So I invited him to the studio and we talked a lot and I really, really, fell in love with the idea of having him write an essay on my work uh, mm -hmm. because I can kind of rant a little bit about it here and there and get some of my ideas out, but I'm mostly focused in the, on the visual and mm -hmm. he just put it into the written words so well, I, I had to have him write something. So, um, but I met him in Portland and that was, that mm -hmm. was where uh, my connection with him started. Okay, so he's an art critic. Yeah, he's written a couple of uh, books for certain artists. Um, and then I know that he's he's written for some certain big publications. I just uh, the names escape me right now, but mm -hmm. I just love his style of writing, and I was really excited to have him describe my work and mm -hmm. uh, be able to use that for yeah for everything. But I thought he described the kind of fractal and yeah aspects of my work that I was really shooting to shooting for. Yeah, um, writing is just like a whole nother art form, and I feel like. I mean, if you're not naturally a writer, like let other people write about your work, you know, because like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. an amazing job. It's really, really cool. Um, so that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, so we're so excited to be hosting your work at Air Contemporary. And um, why don't you tell us kind of how you got started in art? Was art something that you always wanted to do? Or did you kind of discover that in adulthood? I have always been an artist and I've always been sketching in notebooks since I was really young. I never really thought I could pursue it professionally or have a career. Mm -hmm. I always thought that I had to be an illustrator or kind of move in one of those directions. So that was the plan when I was younger. And I think when I was around 17 or 18, I met my uh, 
I met Carla, who's now my wife. Mm-hmm. And she kind of inspired me to really push myself further and to do something more with my art um, and not settle for maybe what I thought would be more practical. I and, love that. I love that she inspired you like that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't have ever done it without her. And so we've kind of, we kind of have navigated this, uh, this pathway through showing in galleries and meeting collectors and trying to really expand and as well as just push the vision for like what I would like to see in my pieces and what I, how I want to portray people in the form and figure. Mm-hmm. But so I jumped into showing um, myself just in my own shows. And then I started applying to galleries around 19, 20 years old and finally got into a couple and started showing and selling work after that, everything kind of took off and I've been going ever since, but yeah, mm-hmm. very, I've been very fortunate. That's amazing. And um, so the the galleries that you were part of when you just started out, are they um, based, are they based locally or do you, do you show more internationally now? Tell us about that kind of how that came about. Yeah, I met uh, one of the curators at the Christopher Hill Gallery. That was the first gallery that I got into. And they believe in the work and they, they really wanted to show it. And I was painting very large at that time. Um, and they, it was one of those galleries that had really tall ceilings. So it was fun to be able to show with them. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. yeah. You definitely have, I definitely have like fantasy spaces where I would like to see my work. So that's really cool. Yeah. And that was local. Um, I grew up in Sonoma County. And I, as I mentioned, and I was still living there at the time and they were just, and they were actually in Sonoma County as well as uh, Napa County, the County over. So they had two locations. I started showing with them in Healdsburg, California. And then uh, they were showing me in St. Helena. And there was a lot of, there's a lot of tourism into Napa County every year. So within a couple of years, I was having people from many other countries collect my work and, and work was being shipped out and flown to all kinds of places that I never really imagined. Um, so-, so I felt really lucky in that way. And that was really exciting to to have happen within the first few years mm-hmm. and then i i did an art fair and i just oh, continued cool. painting and keep uh, kept trying to expand as much as possible and yeah mm-hmm. which which art fair did you do i did the the first one i did was the beverly hills art fair and it was just kind of an experiment to see what it was like mm-hmm. and uh, kind of dip my toes in for a second and i'm actually currently in Arizona showing the celebration of fine art. So that's why there's no studio behind me. This is just a a temporary living space that we're in. But I like being able to connect with a collector directly and hear what people have to say about the work. And Mm -hmm. when when you're at an art fair, it's usually longer term than just an opening night. So that's kind of exciting too. And I I like that conversation, Mm -hmm. even though I I can be an introvert, it is is nice to be able to hear what people see in the work or how, Mm -hmm. how they kind of uh, see reflections of themselves in it and things like that. But. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really cool. And I've had the same experience too. Like it is, it's, there's not, there's no substitute for like forming relationships with collectors who, especially who they, they just keep collecting your work over like years and years. It just, it becomes very special, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's nothing like that. That's, it's definitely very unique that, mm-hmm. that kind of connection with, with someone. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. I've never heard of the Beverly Hills Art Fair. That sounds very um, 
very glamorous. Did you like meet a lot of movie stars there? Or? <laughs> there were actually now and then somebody would walk through that I recognized. And I thought that was that was kind of interesting. Oh my gosh, um, that's so cool. Like who? Uh, let's see. The, the main person I remember was uh, this guy called Mr. Brainwash. He was like a street artist from back okay. in the day. And he was like friends with like Shepard Ferry and Banksy and all those guys. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he like wandered into my booth and I recognized him right away. And he's kind of, he's, uh, he's just such a character. So you kind of remember him for sure. Mm-hmm. And there was like a documentary on him on Netflix, I think for a little while. Anyway, he, um, I was like, aren't you Mr. Brainwash? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty fun. There was somebody else too. I just can't quite remember. It was, uh, I wasn't super familiar with them, but one of my relatives knew them. Okay. Um, so there were people wandering around and that was, it was fun. It was an outdoor fair. It was okay. a beautiful day and it was, it was fun for sure. Oh, that's awesome. That's so fun. And um, so do you do a lot of those kind of fairs or, um, or just, just like specific ones? I haven't done a lot of fairs. Um, I think I've kind of stayed in the studio uh, mm-hmm. most of my career probably, yeah. but I want to kind of venture out and do more of them if I can. They're definitely, they're definitely really unique and it's good to kind of get out of your shell and do something like that and some of them like the one that I'm currently at I'm painting while I'm actually at the booth with my work and so all these artists around you are painting as well and it's definitely a really unique experience it's almost like a it's you're showing your work to collectors and potential collectors but you're also creating in that moment and that's definitely like an interesting mixture yeah. And everybody around you is creating, and these are all full-time artists that take their work really seriously and have had long careers. So it's like an art camp slash art fair. It's it's really unique. It's it's a great experience, though. So that is super cool. Yeah. Um, so I have done a couple of those kind of fairs, and they 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 require a tremendous amount of um, strength and effort. I would say. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> to kind of put that all together it's honestly like installing a solo show and then you have to like deinstall it within like sometimes it's even just like that day or a couple of days um so do you have like special trucks like are you um or do you kind of like I don't know tell me tell me about the setup for that that's interesting yeah the setup is unique for this one this one is uh I think in total it'll be two and a half months long so we take a week to set up and build, you build out your space. Um, wow. So my brother and I were there building out the space to the specific way I wanted to be able to show the work mm-hmm. and everybody around you, all the artists around you are doing the same things. And then you're there just every day or as much as you can be mm-hmm. to talk with people that come from all over to see the work. It's uh, I think it's been going on for 31 years now. So wow. it's definitely, and, and there are some, you never really know who's going to run through the tent it's in a it's in a giant tent and people Mm -hmm. kind of don't think much of it until they get inside and it's just beautifully built out and it's and it's amazing looking so it's it's definitely really unique in that way and um yeah it's and we'll be I think at the very end after everything is over I think we have about a week to tear down but Mm -hmm. it was quite an endeavor to try to prepare for this one I I wanted to kind of challenge myself and see if I could do it Mm -hmm. it's definitely a little bit of a mind game to be there every day talking to people trying to also work a little bit in your studio space and and constantly just can you know you're you're constantly moving and and going so Mm -hmm. it's uh tricky to get used to that but it's really fun too at the same time and really exciting so it's great 
that's that's really interesting um so it's outdoors but not really because it's underneath a big tent um yeah, yeah. so i actually attended freeze art fair in new york a oh, couple okay. of years ago have you ever been i haven't that's i haven't been to that one i want to go at some point though mm -hmm. yeah it was um i didn't know what to expect but it was kind of a similar setup where you go to this like off location and it's kind of like just like a big field but then they have this humongous tent i've never seen such a big tent in my life and <laughs> and then underneath this tent it's completely sealed off so it's almost like a building um and you go inside and you see like hundreds of different artists and artists work and um it's mostly galleries like galleries go there and they show the artists work but um but yeah it was like a whole city that they basically built out of tents and uh, it was really interesting yeah but that's that's cool that you as an individual artist can do this one yeah yeah it's i think it's all individual artists i believe in this one mm -hmm. um and they've all been shown a lot of these artists have been showing in the tent for i mean most of the ones i've met have been doing it for over 10 years um so they've kind of developed a very like intimate connection with the collectors here and the art community here and people that look forward to the show every year. Mm. Um, and it's definitely a different type of uh, art community out here, but it's really fun to experience that too. You kind mm -hmm. of forget when you just hear about New York and you hear about LA or something like that. You forget there's other galleries and other entire communities that are collecting art of uh, different types, but there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of great collectors out here and, and great artists and it's a lot yeah. of fun. Sure. Okay, so, and what is the name of this art fair that you're doing? The Celebration of Fine Art. Celebration in, of Fine Art. Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. Very, very cool. That's awesome. Um, so I would love to talk more about kind of your education. Did you receive any traditional education or were you self-taught? I'm actually self-taught. Um, I was going to go to art school and I think it probably worked out that I didn't because it forced me to really think about what I wanted to do in my artwork. And I had to be very specific about what kind of direction I went in uh, aesthetically. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a lot of years just studying on in my own time, how and kind of where to apply certain skills that I had technically. And I had been sketching and drawing my whole life, um, but I hadn't done a lot of painting at the time when I kind of wanted to really pursue things. So I spent a few years just really studying how to use color and mm -hmm. the line work in my, in my paintings come from the drawing that I've done all my life and the, incorporating those two things together. Mm -hmm. And then I started to develop that kind of fractured look in that in, uh, stylistically in, in that time frame. Mm -hmm. But as far as school goes, I wasn't traditionally trained. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I always say the best school is the school of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You really, um, like I, I did go to art school and art school was awesome for me uh, and I'm so grateful for it, but I feel like the, the education that happens when you decide to be a professional artist after school, and then there's no longer that support network where it kind of forces you to be like, okay, I really got to figure this out. That's like, there's no substitute for that. Like you really just have to go through it. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And learning the business 
side of artistry is important too, like keeping inventory, you know, keeping stock, taking good images. It's, it's all, it's all important. It is. Yeah. And there's so much, uh, there's so much online and that we're kind of exposed to that you're just absorbing all these different kind of things and from different directions of other artists and what they're doing. So it, it was kind of nice to be able to just take in what I wanted to, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things that I really had to study on my own because, you know, I didn't get it from art school. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, learning the rest of it was definitely uh, quite an experience and in, in, in itself, for sure. Yeah. And then I would love to talk about your imagery a little bit. So I know we read that beautiful um, description of your work, but I see that you have both abstract work and you have figurative work, and then you have works that kind of are a mixture of both. So would you say that you lean more abstract or more figurative these days? Or tell me how um, how that kind of evolved for you. Yeah, but when I have ideas, they seem to be very sporadic. So I'm usually jumping from different, uh, all over the place when I'm in the studio. Uh, mm-hmm. I have an idea for a series, so I'll start it. And in the middle of that series, I'll have another idea for how to combine some older elements, maybe that I was working with last year, and then bringing those into some portraits or something. So mm-hmm. there's always a lot of different directions I want to go in, and I don't want to restrict myself uh, too much. And I've been really grateful because people have really enjoyed all these different directions mm-hmm. and um I I when I start to focus on one aspect of something there's usually some kind of accident that comes along or something that I discover that seems new and I want to push that in, a new, in another direction and so that's when I, I was working on I believe just trying to portray more more realism type of ab, uh, work or mm-hmm. aspect in my work and then there was a lot of abstraction that I was kind of accidentally coming across when I was doing that. And so I started to pursue abstracts just to see what I could do with kind of fractures and abstracted work. And then I would start to see figures in the abstracted work and they kind of acted as uh, my, like uh, my own kind of Rorschach test or how do you pronounce that? You know, the, yeah, the, the ink blot test. Yeah, the ink blot test. Yeah. yeah. So I started to see faces or I would start to see, oh, it looks like there's kind of a figure coming out of a certain part of it. So that's when I started to combine the two and that became its own type of work. And I haven't really become uh, disinterested with any of it. So I keep pushing them all in different directions. And that keeps me really satisfied in the studio for sure. And I can always drop one thing and pick up the next. And I mm-hmm. think... To some people, it seems a little over the place, but uh, thankfully, most people have kind of appreciated that that there's a wide array of things that I'm working on and doing, and they all kind of are connected through that line work and that fragmentation. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely. I think so too. Even though that there there's definitely different aesthetics within it, like I can definitely see how they're all related. That's really cool. Um, good, that's yeah. Really cool. And it looks like you use gold leaf. Is that true? You use actual gold leaf? Yeah, yeah. And in in most of the works, um, if there's a large portion of like a gold tinted background or something, I'll sometimes use some gold paint. But that's usually layered with gold leaf as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like using the the actual leaf because it just has that type of surface that you can't you can't get from imitation leaf or anything else. No, there's, yeah, there's absolutely no way. It, 
it's yeah. so different. I used to work in, I mean, like in high school when I was experimenting, I used to work with like the fake stuff. And then in college, when I like actually ordered the expensive stuff and tried it, I was like, wow, not only is this like easier to work with because it's like so light and airy, but yeah. it looks so much better. It's, there's no substitute. <laughs> yeah, I was, I grew up and I definitely agree with that because it's, I've used imitation leaf just to like experiment with how it would apply to certain surface or, or texture. And uh, I don't think I ever picked it up again because it just wasn't, it was, I had already worked with gold leaf and the actual gold leaf is, is too good to not work yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, and I also, I grew up on a lot of, uh, I had a lot of like Gustav Klimt books in the house mm -hmm. growing up. So I always had the, sub yeah, he's wonderful. So I always had kind of a subconscious like uh, knack for wanting to see some gold leaf patterns in there, like little pieces and fragments in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's interesting that you mentioned Klimt because your work does have a lot in common with him, especially with the the images of women and the kind of fractalization of everything and the patterning. Um, so what I I love your I love your imagery. I think it's amazing. What do you think is um, it looks like you paint more feminine images than masculine images. Would you say that's correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, why do you think that is? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm through in my work. I'm trying to search for truth and beauty and reach for something higher. And I think historically and uh, it's always been easier to do that through the female form. Um, mm -hmm. And so I like I'd like to think that I'm I'm carrying on that type of tradition in my work and I'm a part of kind of a movement of artists that mm -hmm. use the female form to reach for those things and those concepts. Right. Um, and the, the feminine figure is, I mean, there's nothing more elegant and beautiful and graceful than the feminine figure. So mm -hmm. it's easier to do that in, uh, in the work. And I, I also have done, have portrayed men in, in certain pieces when I want to discuss certain concepts maybe uh, mm -hmm. aesthetically but yeah that's probably why there's uh, more women in my work than men for sure yeah I can definitely see that and I can see the admiration for that which is which is really beautiful I think um, thank you me as a woman I actually feel the same way which is why I I always paint women as well so I don't know, but I also love fashion. I feel like fashion is like a big part of my work. So, and I'm just yeah. like, yes, I can paint more fantastic fashion on women. <laughs> yeah, I, lo I love you can paint I great fashion on anybody, but I guess I just, I love painting dresses. So, um, no, I love the, I love the gowns and like the dresses that kind of melt into the backgrounds that you do. Mm -hmm. I think I, I actually want to kind of pursue that a little bit over the next couple of years and try to do some i work from photographs and photo shoots that i do oh I want, okay. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe having some of the models wear certain types of vintage dresses or mm -hmm. some some gowns and uh uh in, in a similar aesthetic to i think what you're doing too I, I like what you're doing so it's thank you i think there'd be some similarities there thank you and that brings up an interesting topic. I would love to know, like, how, how, like, who are your models? How do you work with them? What's like a process typically like? Yeah, so I've, I've usually, uh, I started working with models that I sought out online. Um, my wife and I actually work a lot together on trying to find people 
that are that could portray a certain emotion or a certain look that we're interested in showing through the work. Um, and then I'll we've also I've also worked with friends of mine as well um, mm -hmm. that I've known for a long time and and felt close enough with that I could do photo shoots with them. And I've worked from photographs because the the process of the painting can through the fracturing and through that kind of layering and those translucent things that are built up in the painting, it can take a long time to do that. So I don't work from life, but uh, it gives me more time to really study and think about what I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of design elements in your work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I was, or go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I, um, I was always interested in graphic design when I was younger. And I think it taught me a lot about composition. And so I tried to think about composition in a similar way when I'm painting. Not that I think about it as strictly graphic design in my painting, but I think I like to bounce things in certain ways. And I try to use shapes or patterns or uh, letters or things like that in my work a lot. So that maybe uh, is part of it too, part of what people see. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was looking at your work before this interview and I saw some letters that are like incorporated in the work. Do those have any kind of special symbols for you or are they just, you just like the design? They they can, I've done, I've actually, when I've done commission pieces for people like portraits or uh, commission figures, I've used like dates and names and they, I've kind of scattered them throughout the piece. So they're not extremely obvious, but they're, they'll be there. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that ha I have used that uh, in my work and other times I'll use it kind of just randomly um, in the moment to, to bounce a subject. But I, I, I like using those things because I was supposed to be a graphic designer when I was younger. And I, I chose to pursue fine art and pursue that as a career. And so I kind of use it as like a, I don't know, as a dedication to my younger self or something to kind of oh, take a little, cool. a little aspect of where, yeah. where I came from and use it for something greater um, and what I think is what I was meant to do so yeah typography is certainly an art in and of itself yeah and, um, yeah and then I wanted to ask about um, the colors that you use do the colors have any sort of special symbols for you or are they just kind of like some of your favorite colors and I just put up on the screen this is one of my favorite pieces you've ever done um, thank you yeah thank you. the woman I just think it's it's just a masterpiece. Like I love, I love the way that you incorporated those little specks of gold leaf and the abstract elements. They're just like, they're just so beautifully integrated together. I just think it's gorgeous, beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I um, well, depending, I suppose, on what on what culture you are from, colors maybe will have different meanings. But I, I like to use, I like to use intense tones, but only in certain ways and in little ways I think in my pieces I don't want the color to overpower the figure mm -hmm. um, but I do like to use colors that are that can be associated with royalty or uh, things along those lines I think and a piece like this I, I think blue and gold mm -hmm. um, for sure probably had something to do with how I portrayed this figure mm -hmm. uh, and yeah but yeah color I I can be a little over the place with color I, I can move from a really bright neon um, piece to a very muted piece, but mm -hmm. I think it, it's 
uh, I'm interested in portraying them, uh, these figures in all different ways. So color can be really helpful for that reason. And mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. And then let's see here. I'm just gonna pull up the questions that I got. Yeah, definitely. Um, when, how did he first get recognized as an excellent artist? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it, it was uh, difficult to do, but I started to host my own shows and invited friends and family members and told them to bring people. And that was when I first started out. And that was very nerve wracking to do because I hadn't really put my, I don't like being in front of people necessarily. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was very new to that type of type of thing, but it was really rewarding. And that was how I got recognized by one of, by the Christopher Hill gallery. Um, their curator came out to one of my shows. I invited, I would go to galleries that I wanted to be in and invite the curators to come to my opening. Oh, that I was hosting really, myself. I love that. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> and, um, and some of them actually would show up and one of them did show up and bought a piece. And I, I, he, uh, I didn't show in his gallery, but I thought that was definitely a, a pretty cool thing. And then uh, the Chris, uh, curator from the Christopher Gallery said, you should submit, we want to see your work. Mm -hmm. um, I talked to them and they said, this is great work. Come back when you have another series. I think the next series is going to be better. And so I got, I went home super excited. I, yeah. was excited. I just got right to work. I think two and a half months later, I came in with a new series because I just worked nonstop on it and uh, they loved it and, and started showing it. And but that was probably the first time that somebody in that world recognized my work and, and believed in it. So that was, that was really exciting. So let me get this straight. You, would you rent out like a gallery space and like host your own show or kind of use alternative spaces? I used, um, I got lucky in, in Healdsburg, it's a beautiful little city, um, but there was a storefront area that was empty. And I asked if I could rent that out and for just a night, for an opening night. And the realtor or the yeah, landlord was totally fine with it. I think she charged me like a hundred bucks for the day or something like that That's or for amazing. a few days. And then I opened, I, I thought it was a one room storefront with just four walls you know like a small space mm -hmm. I opened up the hallway door and uh it led to like a whole other space in the back that was already set up with like gallery lights and everything so I got I got really lucky on my first try oh my gosh <laughs> and, that's um, amazing <laughs> yeah and so I, I've been very fortunate with the spaces that I've shown in but I have a lot of respect for people that go into kind of warehouse spaces and do that too because it's a lot of work to set up a show um mm -hmm. It and is. to get people to come to it and and to make it a special thing and yeah yeah it's definitely a lot of focused energy and props to you I, I absolutely love that I just want to say what a brilliant what a brilliant way of showing the world that you believed in yourself you know what I mean like for sure <laughs> thanks like I always I always tell this to um, you know, artists who are just starting out or students, I'm like, you have to like, people don't know what you're capable of until you actually show them. So if you just like go to a gallery and, and you're like, please show my work, you're not like coming from a position of strength. But if you say, I'm having this show, come to it, you're like adding value and you're showing that like, I can do this and I believe in myself and this is how I see myself. And then they will see you differently too, so. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that it definitely helps when you when you have that perspective, I think, mm -hmm. in doing those in pursuing 
a career as an artist you have to you have to continue you have to keep doing things regardless of whether people at the top are noticing you or not and if mm -hmm. you believe in your work and you just keep going mm -hmm. and you do those things along the way things do work out um, yeah. but yeah. yeah exactly very encouraging that's so cool and then um, why don't you tell us what you are excited about for the future what's what does 2021 and beyond look like for for Aiden Kringen well, there's lots, I have lots of new ideas as far as uh, paintings and things that I want to pursue for sure. Um, and I'd like to start showing more internationally and mm -hmm. doing shows in other countries and uh, showing to people over the world if I can. Um, mm -hmm. But I have some growing to do before that probably and uh, some organization to do as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to get back in the studio after I leave Arizona and uh, yeah, do a couple photo shoots that I have lined up and have some new reference work and, and start on some new, some new paintings, some with, with gowns and dresses and models and different type of uh, scenery. And um, yeah, and hopefully eventually we can uh, do, I mean, artists can get more used to going to shows again and, and doing all that kind of thing too. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I think that's probably gonna be a lot for the next year. Hopefully I can get some of that done. Awesome. Very cool. Well, um, just a reminder to everyone, Aiden, if you're if you're watching this in early 2021, Aiden has a show coming up, a solo show at Era Contemporary. It's going to be virtual. You can attend it via Zoom. And we are going to be um, setting up a virtual room with all his new work for this. So if you would like to, um, you can register for it for free. The link is around here somewhere. Um, so you can register for that. Um, we'll also have your Instagram bio that people can follow you and your website. And where is there anywhere else I should put down for people? Um, let's see. Yeah, Instagram is, is probably where people can keep up uh, with my stuff. Okay. For sure. That's, that's probably the best. So definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Aiden. And we will see you in a couple weeks at your solo show. That sounds great. Thank you, Jessica. All right. Have a great night. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed listening, it would mean so much to me if you would give it a five-star rating. In fact, if you screenshot your rating and send it to me on Instagram at Visionary Artist Salon or at Jessica Libor Studio, I will give you a shout out as a thank you. I also wanted to let you know that I've created a gift for you from my heart that I'm so excited to share with you. It is a free guide called 30 Days to 3K, the definitive guide to authentically increase your art sales. In this 15-page guide, I share how I've created amazing results in selling my art online while retaining the worth of my art and feeling authentic. I'm sharing the process that has worked to get the results for me. All you have to do to get it is go to my coaching website, www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com and enter your email and it'll be delivered right to your inbox. I hope it brings you so much value and let me know how it works for you. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you soon. Remember that you are already worthy and everything you make is an expression of your unique spirit. Now go forth and create.